welcome back to the Resilience Institute today for episode 25. And today we're going to be talking about why ice and cold therapy actually makes things worse and what to do instead. And as you'd know, I did a post on icing and the rice protocol and it went freaking nuts. Like with Insta and TikTok, um, I think at the moment we're at about 1.2 or 1.3 million views. And if you haven't seen it, basically I said, if you're strapping 600 kilos of ice onto an injury or you're in an ice bath crying after every game because you hate it, then you need to watch the video. And because people are so dependent on it, and they think it's some magical thing that's going to counterbalance the fact they're not sleeping enough, they aren't eating enough, they're not managing their stress levels, they have shit training programs. Um, they think they, they got so offended by it. And in this episode, I'm going to discuss a bit more in depth and provide a bit more clarification around when it is appropriate to use ice, um, when it is appropriate to use heat and what and then also what you should be doing to recover from an injury or your training instead of funding the mortgage and the school fees of your local servo owner. And so I'm sure you've heard of the term rice once or 300 million times in your life. And no, we're not talking about the rice where you put your phone in it when it gets wet. We're talking about the injury protocol, the rest, ice, compression, elevation. And it was once sworn upon, like people, like even I did, like as as a kid um, growing up and as a teenager and in early 20s, like when I was playing footy still, um, it was preached for injury healing and recovery. But recently, um, Dr. Gabe Merkin, the, the guy who invented the RICE protocol, he came out and basically said he may not have been correct and that it may actually, uh, ice actually may delay tissue healing instead of helping it. And People lost their fucking mind at this. Oh, you trusted him and he was wrong and now you're still going to trust him. Where's the evidence? I ice all the time. LeBron ices, Ronaldo ices. And it was genuinely off the charts. And But basically, when you injure tissue or break down muscle in your training, your body will use inflammation to heal and repair it. So that's soft tissue injury, that's training, whatever. Like... When, when you train, the, the damage you are doing, you want it's good tissue damage. Like it, you repair it, it gets bigger and stronger. That's So for a, soft in, uh, for a soft tissue injury, that's the swelling you see. Or for training damage, that's the pump you get, right? And everyone wants the pump, but then apparently they want to do cold ice baths to get rid of what the pump does. Like swelling in terms of an injury is basically the way the body protects a joint. So it limits movement. Um, but it also, when it swells, there's an influx of cells that are needed for the repair and the recovery process. And this goes for training recovery too. Like, um, the body will send in cells, it'll clean up debris, it'll begin to repair old tissue, damaged tissue, and then it creates new tissue when it has that foundation to do it from. But to get the cells in there, we need adequate blood flow and ice and cold therapy has been shown in it that it may actually delay this repair and growth because it decreases the blood flow and in turn decreases the delivery of these cells. And obviously, like anything, more isn't necessarily a good thing and excess blood flow isn't good either and that's why the HARM protocol, uh, protocol was created for soft tissue injuries. When we talk about training, heat doesn't really matter because you aren't trying to control bleeding, so you can use heat to improve blood flow. Um, but for an injury, you don't want too much blood flow because you can get further or, or other complications from it. So 
Harm is heat, alcohol, running, and massage. And you want to avoid these as they all increase blood flow. And we're talking about excess blood flow, of course. And uh, along with running, so running being an activity um, that's a lot of impact and will increase stress on all of the body's joints that you're trying to recover from an injury. You don't want impact stress and landing stress um, for your body to be going under. Um, so you don't want to uh, increase blood flow excessively, um, but you also don't want to reduce it excessively either. So that's where um, we'll talk about later what you, you're meant to do. Um, and in extremely serious injuries, you may still see ice being used because it's such a big injury that there's a lot of blood and there's a lot of uh, vessel damage and it's not safe to just let it bleed. Like, as I said, there's other complications you can get. Um, uh, but on the flip side, for the vast majority of injuries, low-grade hamstring strains, ligament strains, muscle strains, um, when you roll an ankle, when you bump your shoulder in footy or land on it, um, when you get a cork in your leg, like if icing is not needed and it may actually delay your healing and you need, you want to, and you need to just let the body do its thing. It knows best and it has the systems in place to repair and recover your tissue. Like making mainly just your skin a bit colder will not, only, it's not going to improve your recovery. And Yes, it can be a good analgesic, which is um, a pain reducer if necessary, um, but don't think that it's going to speed up recovery or speed up your repair. As we've talked about, it may actually delay it. And when we talk about cold therapy, so not in particular icing and injury, um, cold therapy can be good for same-day sports performance, which probably rules out 97% of you listening to this at the moment. And by that, when I say cold therapy, I mean like cryo and ice baths. They can be good for a psychological boost and freshening an athlete up if they need to perform again in a short amount of time. And in, in a short amount of time where sleep and food just isn't going to be enough um, to get them feeling good again. So think about your sevens players doing a tournament. Think about your Oztag players, touch players, playing uh, netball carnivals where they're playing a lot of games in a short amount of time. So one to three days playing multiple competitive games. Cold therapy will be awesome for those athletes because they don't care about the adaptations. They only care about feeling fresh and feeling good and performing well on the day and over that weekend. And cold therapy will help that and it is proven to help that. But if you want adaptations from your training and um, you're not doing a competition, you need to let your body do its thing and heal and repair and get bigger and stronger. Because the whole point of training is you're actually getting weaker and breaking down muscle tissue so that then your body can recover, repair, and heal back bigger and stronger for next time. Like that's how you grow. That's how you get bigger and stronger. That's how muscles grow. That's how tendons are strengthened. That's how bones are strengthened. You apply good stress to it. The body then recovers. It uses inflammation to repair um, and recover to levels above that you were before you did that training session. So if you go on ice or do cold therapy, you may actually blunt these adaptations because you're minimizing the blood flow and the inflammation that's necessary to recover and repair from the stimulus. And that, that probably brings on another topic, talking about um, elite athletes using ice. Like everyone was like, LeBron uses it, um, Ronaldo uses it, look at all the NRL players. 
In season, athletes don't care as much about the adaptations they're getting as they do about feeling fresh and feeling good to go for a game. So they'll do cryo a few days out from a game. Um, They'll do ice baths if they're feeling a bit stiff and sore. Um, If they finish a game, they'll put ice on their knees. Like NBA players have games every two days or so. Like sometimes they play back-to-back games and it's genuinely ridiculous. Like their joints will cop it and they'll swell and they may not feel fresh and ready to go and they don't have the time to recover and feel good between back-to-back games or two games in four days. So they need to reduce swelling and feel fresh and ready to go. And that's where you will see ice on knees and ankles um, in ice buckets They're trying to minimize swelling, maintain their range of motion, and keep them fresh, ready for the next day to play. But as soon as they have a few days off, as all the elite athletes say, their priority is nutrition and sleep. Like, that's how you recover. That's what supports the body to do its thing. Like, you go watch a video of LeBron talk about sleep. There's a video um, that I posted on my TikTok. And he says, none of the rest matters if you aren't sleeping enough. Like you can do all the ice baths and the massage and stuff, but if you're not sleeping enough, you are not going, it doesn't matter. And like for the people, the TikTok tools who were saying LeBron and Ronaldo, like there goes that ammo. Like he himself is saying, sleep is what you need to be focusing on, not ice baths. And then people say, but NRL players, you see in the sheds after the game, like most NRL players aren't icing straight away or doing ice baths. Like they'll go for a general recovery swim as a team the next day and that's about it. And sometimes the players or the coaches, they'll get them to do an ice bath or um, and, and they may be older coaches stuck, like they may be stuck in their traditional ways. Like things evolve and things grow. Like just because they do something now or they have done it, it doesn't mean it's the right thing or the best thing to do. Um or they, they like an, an athlete may need scans the next day. They may have potentially injured themselves. So icing will reduce the swelling so they can get the scan. They don't care about the immediate tissue implications. All they care about is are they pro, are they injured? Are they going to possibly need surgery? Um, or is it or will they need time off? Or is it just a little bump and they can get back into normal training and rehab? Like. These are the things that average Joe doesn't consider when deciding to ice after every single game and every single training session. Like, I think you'll start to see a big shift in ice use and cold therapy use as the years go by. Um, I still think, yes, cryotherapy is awesome and it has its benefits, but the point everyone is missing about this topic is that it's literally the cherry on top. Like, Most of the people who are defending it like it's their newborn child are the ones who aren't eating enough protein. They're not sleeping enough. They're not managing their stress. They're relying on ice to feel good. Whereas if they just recovered properly in the first place from their below average most of the time intensity training, they wouldn't feel the need to use cold therapy in the first place. And shortly we'll chat about what to do for injuries instead, but If you want to do the cherry on top in terms of using hot and colds, like that's fine, but you can simply do a hot and cold in a bath or a shower and get the same feeling from it and the blood flow going, and that will be good enough to stimulate blood flow and make you feel good um, as long as it's not too cold, like ice bath cold. Like people always go to the extreme and think more and, and more intense equals better for you, but it's not, and I'm here to save you time. You will be infinitely better just resting on the couch, watch your favorite show, play your favorite game, than 
like spending all that time and effort to go buy your ice, do the ice bath, hate it while you're doing it, dry up all the mess. Like it's simply just not worth it for 97% of people. And that is, that's that. Okay. Um, so now we've covered everything in a bit more depth and we're quickly, I'll take you over what to do instead of rice for injury. So what you want is peace and love. And they are the new injury recovery protocols that are slowly becoming more well-known and, and implemented and, and teached, uh, teach, taught in uh, uh, new curriculum, so at uni and stuff. Um, and no, I'm not becoming some hippie rehabilitation guy. You need to follow the peace and love protocol. And what this is, um, so let's look at peace first. So P, you want to avoid activities and movements that increase pain during the first few days after an injury. So 48 to 72 hours. Um, And this is just basically saying rest and let the body begin the repair process and uh, without constantly interrupting it. Like the more you aggravate it, the more you move, the more da- the more damage um, you may do. So it it's like the equivalent of picking that scab um, on your elbow every time you it gets close to healing. Like you want to just let the body settle and do its thing. So for E, um, elevate the injured limb uh, in, if possible higher than the heart as often as possible. So. This is to uh, reduce excess swelling, remembering that swelling is good, but again, too much isn't good either. A, so avoid anti-inflammatories as they reduce tissue healing. So avoid icing. It's literally in the protocol. So remember, we want inflammation. Inflammation is necessary to heal and repair and recover tissue. And when you look at it, they said, they themselves said, avoid icing. Like it's not like I've just shit on it and for the fun of it like it is the new protocol and it is what people are doing now like it's we are learning and evolving c use an elastic bandage or taping to reduce swelling so they mean excess swelling remember we still want natural inflammation e uh for peace uh your body knows best avoid unnecessary and i'm quoting this Avoid unnecessary passive treatments and medical investigations and let nature play its role the key word unnecessary like again so many people will go and get unnecessary scans or unnecessary physio treatment or massage to fix something that the body will fix itself like we are in a time where people are always oh let you, what do we need this for and the big farmer gives us this and that and what do we need to buy this for we're wasting our money you're stealing our money like we are literally now telling people to let their body do its thing and fix itself and now they're still getting angry. Like, I don't get it. You need to let the injury site settle, let the body do its thing and then introduce some love. So what is love? Uh, Love is basically the return into movement. So L, um, let pain guide your return to normal activities. Your body will tell you when it's safe to increase load. Once you've let it settled um, for that 48 to 72 hours, um, you want to get moving and load the injury as early as possible. Again, if this is a fracture or an extremely high-grade injury, your recovery path and loading is going to be slightly different and you'll hopefully be guided by a competent physio. But for low to mid-grade injuries, you want to get loading as early as tolerated uh, without aggravation. So like hammy strains, for example, you want to get isometric load into it. You want to get normal gait back and range of motion as early as you can. Like your aim should be to get jogging as soon as you can. Like 
Obviously, there is criteria and steps along the way that you need to follow, but that should be the aim. Get moving and jogging as soon as possible because movement and active treatment is the gold standard. Like Active treatment will actually aid in repair. It'll aid in minimizing strength loss. It'll aid in minimizing future reoccurrence or further injury elsewhere. You need to get loading as soon as you can. Um, O, um, this is almost the most important one, and this is be optimistic and condition your brain for optimal recovery by being confident and positive. And like self-efficacy is one of the most, or if not the most important thing when it comes to injury rehab and likelihood of success. But even like people thinking they can do something, like it's like that old saying, he who thinks he can and he who thinks he can't, they're both probably right. Like injuries are rarely serious and we wouldn't have survived this long as a species if a tiny strain or a bump or a tiny tear was life-threatening or permanent or is going to stop you doing things in the future. Like you need to be confident in your body and how it has evolved and trust that your body knows best and it has got you covered. V, vascularization, choose pain-free cardiovascular activities to increase blood flow to repairing tissues. So basically, get moving and get blood flow to those tissues. Um, E, restore mobility, strength, and proprioception by adopting an active approach to recovery. And this is basically the gold standard. So a gradual and progressive rehab program uh, that aims to restore mobility, strength, movement to get the tissue strong, robust, and resilient. Um, You also want to maintain training of the other non-injured limbs and muscles um, so you don't then go back to what you're doing after the injury and the rest has uh, lost strength and stuff. So that's it for today. I hope I've provided some further clarification and we can begin to promote and get around this active uh, rehab and active movement um, protocol and guideline and stop the fear of movement, bed rest, stop the fear that you need to ice every single game or ice every time something feels off. Like, trust your body. Your body knows what it's doing. It's evolved. It has these processes to repair and recover and fix you. Until next time, peace and love. Get it?